Hello and welcome to Digging In, Missouri Farm Bureau's podcast. I'm your host this week, Garrett Hawkins, and I am joined by Director of National Legislative Programs, Ms. Spencer Tuma. Hey, Spencer. Hey, Garrett. Great to be back. Well, it's great to have you here in studio. You know, it's hard to believe that January has already passed. Yes, it is. We're now February 1. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Absolutely. We're in full swing as we think about the state and federal legislative sessions. Mm -hmm. I think it's important, though, that perhaps before we dive into federal priorities, you Mm -hmm. know, we've been spending some time talking about state issues. Sure. Uh, I think it's really important, though, as you are lead staff person on policy development to maybe take Mm -hmm. a step back and let's recap policy development, particularly from a federal issues standpoint. Okay. Um, And then we'll dive into the priorities that we're going to be carrying that we've already sent to Washington, D.C., to our congressional delegation. We'll be carrying these issues uh, Mm -hmm. via members during our fly-in in March. But, you know, I think it's really important. You know, policy development sets us apart from all other organizations. And, you know, even when we finish our annual meeting, and I have to tell you, I'm always dead tired. Like, I feel really good at the end of our annual meeting for the work that's been done and the Mm -hmm. fellowship that has happened. But I'm dog tired. Me too. But then we come back Mm -hmm. and we sift through and and figure out in about a 24-hour time period what issues we are going to elevate to the American Farm Bureau. Exactly. So talk a little bit about that because we carried some really good issues to Washington, D.C. this year. We did. So as you mentioned, you know, our voting delegates at the Missouri Farm Bureau annual meeting, and actually, believe it or not, I think last time I was on the podcast, we were previewing the annual meeting. So this (laughs) is like a great, this is like part two, the sequel, if you're tuning in. So our voting delegates had a chance to discuss and debate a lot of really important issues. And they debate everything on the policy floor from things that go on in Jefferson City to things that are on the regulatory agenda to things in our nation's capital. In I always DC. like to say from agritourism to zoning and everything, everything in between. In between. And I think that's going to stick. Absolutely. So so a lot of important issues discussed. And, and you mentioned we've talked a lot about state level priority issues. But from a national perspective, you know, our voting delegates focused a lot on farm policy as we look towards the upcoming 2023 farm bill. And particularly, I know we've talked a lot about it over the past two years, is common common sense conservation. And so there were a lot of ideas from our voting delegates that we chose to elevate up to the American Farm Bureau level that had to do with common sense conservation and also the farm bill. Um, But there were a lot of other discussions as well, you know, discussions about regulatory overreach. We continue to see the uh, Biden administration threatening farmers at almost every turn, whether it's WOTUS 2.0, whether it's uh, pesticide, additional pesticide regulations, you know, we continue to see that onslaught coming down from D.C. So our delegates had a lot to say about those uh, those regulations, but also regulations from other states. We had a member bring up an issue about trucking regulations that are being imposed by California and wanting to be sure that those dun, things dun, don't. Dun. Dun. Yeah, <laughs> and here we go again. We just put out a commentary this week about the song that never ends. I feel like it's sometimes that way with California, um, but we want to be sure that those regulations don't impact other states. Um, and particularly Missouri's ag industry. So there was no shortage of issues, but you're right. When we get done with our annual meeting, we basically have 24 hours to reset, and then we work through those issues and send kind of our top priorities 
to American Farm Bureau. Now, American Farm Bureau, if you're not familiar with the process, they have a very large policy book just like we do. And theirs also covers everything from agritourism to zoning and everything in between. And so we have to cross-reference the language that our delegates bring forward and check to see if AFBF has policy and then choose what to elevate. So it's a pretty... uh, uh, the word I'm looking for is not strenuous, tedious, I would say, maybe tedious process to sift through that policy. Um, and all other states in the Farm Bureau family have the opportunity to do that as well. So this year we carried forward eight recommendations to American Farm Bureau. That's right. So to elaborate further, every state Farm Bureau president comprises the American Farm Bureau Resolutions Committee. Right. And five subcommittees. So again, very similar to the Missouri process mm-hmm. and other states. Uh, this year, I was so honored and excited. Well, I mean, I was really hyped up. You know that, yeah, Spencer. Yeah, you were I mean, really, really excited. I, had the chance I was to... <laughs> excited, too, but you were super excited. Yeah, Missouri had the chance to have a seat on the Farm Policy Subcommittee, and, and that's really important, especially as we go into a year in which a farm bill is going to be written. Yes. So we knew states, there would be a lot of interest in submitting recommendations as to what American Farm Bureau policies and priorities should be with regard to the farm bills. So For sure. that was a neat opportunity to to be a part of that subcommittee. Then mm-hmm. every Farm Bureau president then comes in full committee to, to <laughs> review the reports from every one of the subcommittees. Yes. But we left that meeting in mid-December uh, with seven of eight yeah. Recommendations in the book. And the other one that didn't make it was kind of already covered. Exactly. So we always, um, we kind of joke internally here at Farm Bureau, but we always try to bat a thousand. Oh, you and yes. I both like to win. So <laughs> uh, we uh, we like to have a winning record when we come back from the AFBF policy development meetings. But you're exactly right. Technically, seven of eight made it in. I say eight out of eight because one was already kind really of in of there. Eight. It I really I think we was. just set the record straight from here on out on this podcast. I, I, I agree. Yes. And, you know, it's our podcast, so we get to decide. um, And then, you know, we also have the opportunity similar to the Missouri process. So once that uh, tentative resolutions text is approved by the American Farm Bureau Resolutions Committee, then voting delegates have the opportunity to review that in advance of the AFBF annual convention. And states have the opportunities to submit and file potential amendments to that language. So it's very similar to if you've been to our annual meeting, you've come to the resolutions room, you've written up an amendment, uh, or maybe you've presented that to the resolutions committee in person at our open hearing. We have a similar opportunity with our delegates, who are primarily members of our state board of directors, to the American Farm Bureau Convention. Yeah. So again, similar, you know, voting delegates are apportioned by membership. So Missouri has eight votes. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, this year we had the chance to offer three different amendments, right, Right. Spencer, on the delegate floor. Uh, One, you know, I'd like to say a friendly amendment building on the theme of common sense conservation. Absolutely. Uh, Our friends from Texas Farm Bureau had submitted language recommending technical assistance to help rehabilitate uh, farm stock tanks. Mm -hmm. And we amended that language to make clear that they're really talking about farm ponds. They may say stock tanks in Texas, but regional differences. Yes, right? regional differences, <laughs> but we're talking about farm ponds. And truly, as we think about on farm resilience, it only makes sense that we try to hold more water on yeah. the farm. And, and I know there's a lot of interest in trying to rehab uh, farm ponds so, so that they're better used uh, for water storage as well as livestock watering. So, friendly amendment there. We also had the chance to talk about. Uh, the Green New Deal yeah. and, and what's happening in this transformation of power generation and transmission. Had the chance to, to share with delegates about what's happening in Missouri mm-hmm. with the Grain Belt and the need to make sure that we are protecting 
farmer and landowner rights as we think about new infrastructure that's being constructed all across the country. So Missouri Farm Bureau was actually able to offer an amendment to strengthen uh, AFBF policy uh, and encourage other states to look at ag impact mitigation agreements as a way to to try to help protect landowners as well as restore farmland Mm -hmm. uh, to its uh, pre-construction capabilities. So so that was one. Uh, Let's see. WOTUS. WOTUS. How could we forget? How could we, How forget could we almost forget WOTUS? It is the song that never ends. It is the song that never ends. We'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that later. In a minute. So, you know, for, for many years, Missouri Farm Bureau has been seen as a leading voice within the Farm Bureau family and even outside of the Farm Bureau family in pushing back against regulatory overreach and really private property rights infringement via mm-hmm. the Clean Water Act. And so... While American Farm Bureau has plenty of policy on the Clean Water Act, we saw that it was really necessary to make sure that WOTUS was discussed on the delegate floor. So we offered an amendment to make it very clear that AFBF stands in opposition uh, of the Biden administration's new rewrite uh, of the rule that came out Mm -hmm. uh, right around the new year. That was a resounding yes from yes. the delegate body. No, no, no uh, controversy. That one. <laughs> so, and that made, you know, obviously was picked up by news media. And that's really important for our friends of the media that are following. Yep. You know, again, you're talking about the voice of agriculture, the melting pot, the diversity of agriculture that's represented on the American Farm Bureau delegate floor. We're always so appreciative to have friends of, of the media there. And, and I appreciate the fact when they pick up on these key issues, mm-hmm. particularly those that we're carrying, it's a big deal. So Absolutely. really proud of the work that our members did through policy development and how we were able to carry that through then through the national process. Absolutely. So we batted a thousand. So feeling good between policy recommendations and amendments. And, and there so were that's no, eight plus eight plus three. That's three. eleven out of eleven. So, yes. yeah, that's bad at a thousand. You did, you did quick math. Well, I did very quick math. Well, that was a pretty easy one. So <laughs> I, I like to think I can add eight and three together, but some days I'm not so sure. Um, but so similar to the Missouri Farm Bureau process again. So just like our meeting, following the AFBF uh, policy development session, the delegates vote to approve the book in its entirety. And then that is printed as the American Farm Bureau policy book. And the American Farm Bureau Board of Directors then meets to set AFBF strategic action plan for the year. At the same time, we at Missouri Farm Bureau also meet as a team to kind of set our strategic action plan for the year, which usually very closely mirrors the priorities of American Farm Bureau, but sometimes has some, I guess I'll call it Missouri-specific flair or Missouri-specific priorities that are really, really important to farmers and ranchers here in our state. Garrett, one men- one that you mentioned in particular, and I know we've got a list here, but you talked about our efforts on farm ponds and water storage and, and common sense conservation. You know, that is a priority for Missouri Farm Bureau as we continue to talk about crafting a strong 2023 farm bill. We anticipate that there is going to be a lot of discussion in Title II or the conservation pol- or the conservation title of the farm bill. And quite frankly, going to be a lot of excess federal dollars probably directed at that title. So our delegates were very clear that they would like those dollars to be utilized for working lands, voluntary, market-based, incentive-based programs, not some government mandate. Um, and so that is something that we will continue to push on. Be curious kind of your thoughts coming out of AFBF on on that particular topic, because well, 2023 Farm Bill is an AFBF priority also. It is. And I like to remind folks, you know, the conservation title only works 
if farmers and ranchers are willing to step in the door of their USDA office and actually volunteer to want to put even more conservation on the ground. And that's always been my frustration is Mm -hmm. that, you know, those outside of agriculture that want to pull up a seat and essentially social engineer these programs for some of the outcomes that are kind of extraneous, if you will, to to normal daily life on the farmer ranch. Mm You know, farmers and ranchers know how to do conservation. We've been doing it for decades. We are the frontline conservationists. In Missouri, we have shown that we are willing to essentially tax ourselves to the Mm -hmm. one-tenth cent sales tax, half of which goes to soil and water conservation. So since the mid-80s, we've been doing conservation and doing it really well, showing Mm -hmm. that we can put not only practices on the ground, but deliver environmental benefits for all Missourians. And so I get really fired up when we talk about the conservation title of the Farm Bill, because truly these precious dollars should be allocated to working lands, to those farmers and ranchers who are willing to say we're willing to go above and beyond and do even more. Mm -hmm. And let's set aside uh, some of this rhetoric that we hear. Yeah. And let's truly focus on what is going to help farmers and ranchers. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, it doesn't benefit any of us if programs are essentially hijacked and so much red tape put in place that farmers and ranchers don't want to sign up for. I think you're absolutely right. And Farm Bureau, at the state level and at the federal level, is really in a key position, I think, to engage in these conversations in a constructive way. Um, You know, my message when I talk to folks on Capitol Hill or folks at USDA is, like, listen, we represent farmers. And we've got some ideas of of how you can utilize this funding and make it effective and easy for farmers and ranchers to take advantage of. Why don't you just ask us? We're kind of the experts in the field, right? And so um, hopefully we've got a few solid ideas that we can get worked into the 2023 Farm Bill. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, Certainly, you know, we know that conservation policy is going to be a continued priority of the administration, and it's going to be a continued priority, particularly on the Senate Ag Committee with Chairwoman Debbie Stabenow at the helm, kind of leading the charge uh, on the Senate side. And so we have talked a lot at, at Missouri Farm Bureau and are talking a lot at American Farm Bureau about how we can effectively engage in that conversation to ensure agriculture is well represented. And I think we're on the right track to do so. Yep. Obviously, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Title One and Absolutely. talk about, you know, the traditional safety net, the suite of tools that have been in place. You know, we're in... Um, protective mode in terms yep. of protect the resources that have been there, mm-hmm. um, but obviously where we can add to to programs, make them even more workable sure. uh, to make sure that the tools that you're accustomed to having access to are still there. You know, crop insurance is, is critical as well. We have to make sure that, that we continue mm-hmm. to enhance uh, that. You know, we spent a lot of time uh, within the AFBF resolutions process about talking not just about the the crop insurance side, but also risk management tools for livestock and specialty crop producers. A hundred percent. Of making sure that we are enhancing and providing more access uh, to to those producers that, in some respects, have been a little underserved because, you know, we just haven't got there yet in terms right. of full development. So, so I. I'm excited. I think there are some ways that American Farm Bureau can really move the needle mm-hmm. in this area as we think about a farm bureau, a farm bill that I think in many ways will be evolutionary, not 
revolutionary. Right. But who knows? Who knows? I mean, there's a lot of time between now and the end of the year when the bill expires. Um, I still am holding on to hope that we will get a farm bill done this year, but many have uh, already stated that they think it will be extended. So um, I'm an eternal optimist, so we're going to we're gonna push forward either way. Missouri, of course, has a uh, House member who is now serving on the House Ag Committee, Congressman Mark Alford, who's a new member of Congress, was appointed to House Ag. So that's a really great opportunity for our state. Looking forward to working with him and other members of the delegation uh, to implement all of those priorities. And, and a lot of those priorities for us and for AFBF are direct recommendations of our Farm Bill Task Force and Farm Bill Task Forces similarly uh, set up in other states. Yep. So um, let's kind of take down the list. We said we were going to come back to regulatory oversight and WOTUS. So um, as I look at my list, that's the next big one I see. Let's talk, Garrett, about regulatory oversight and and what we're going to do to continue to push back on that in the new year. You bet. Well, just I'd say from a a big picture sense, Spencer, you know, I, I think of agriculture vitality really as a jigsaw puzzle. And the farm bill, the safety net, mm-hmm. the conservation title, those tools are, are several pieces of the puzzle, but they don't complete the puzzle. And, and when I think about uh, regulatory oversight, I really think about reducing red tape and getting government out of the way, out of the way as other pieces of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. So waters of the U.S., uh, you know, that issue is front and center right yeah. now. We continue to pour through, you know, the nearly 500-page rule. Um, it's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, the Missouri Attorney General, we participated in a roundtable discussion with him a couple of weeks ago. We've already seen American Farm Bureau spearhead an effort to challenge the rule mm-hmm. in federal court. You know, there are so many questions out in the countryside. And, and when we released the commentary this week and harken back to the old uh, kid show, Lamb Chop, uh, and the, the song that never ends, Spencer, frankly, I remember my little brother and sister singing that song (laughs) just to annoy me. (laughs) They literally would. So it really strikes a a chord with me when I think about the ping pong effect that we as farmers and and ranchers and folks who work the land have experienced since 1972 when the Clean Water Act was first uh, enacted and Mm -hmm. just the regulatory uncertainty that we've had since then. So WOTUS is an example. Obviously, we got to continue to talk about the importance of crop protection tools and making yes. sure that they are reauthorized and new products are brought to market. We have a difficult regulatory regime that we are yes. dealing with within uh, the Biden EPA, mm-hmm. and, and that is critical. What else do you see on the horizon? So I think you mentioned crop protection products, and that leads me, I think, really nicely into our next point, which is you know access to crop inputs, right? So um, obviously, we continue to see supply chain issues uh, in the energy sector. We continue to see supply chain issues in the input sector, whether that is crop protection products, fertilizer, um, equipment even. And so, you know, Farm Bureau at the Missouri State Fair last year had a Uh, our legislative booth focused on promoting American energy independence. And that's something that we really want to continue to build on in the new year and, and expand upon as well. You know, farmers and ranchers, have certainly felt the impacts of inflation, as have uh, many around the country. And we support promoting American energy independence and sound domestic energy policy, as well as increasing domestic capabilities when it comes to inputs for uh, row crop and for livestock producers. So I think, you know, that is a really big shared priority of Missouri Farm Bureau and American Farm Bureau. Um, And I think it's something that 
doesn't just impact farmers and ranchers, right? Good domestic energy policy policy helps everybody. It does. And that really fuels into the other area of trade enforcement, yep. market access. Um, it's like a web. It is a web. It's a jigsaw puzzle, yeah. Spencer. Uh, we can call it a web, too. Uh, but but truly, you know, in the first two years of the Biden administration, we haven't seen a great deal of activity in the, in the no. trade arena. Um, you know, the China deal mm-hmm. used to be called phase one, but it really is the China this deal China at this deal. point. Yeah. Um, we hear rumblings about potential opportunities, you know, bilateral mm-hmm. or even multilateral, but not a lot of action. We have seen um, confirmation uh, Finally. of, of high-ranking trade officials um, In literally the 11th hour of the 117th Congress. So we started to see a little bit of movement there, but, but clearly, you know, Farmers and ranchers and others want to see continued movement on making sure that we're making good trade deals and enforcing provisions of said trade deals. Well, and I think a prime example right now that we're seeing play out right before our eyes is this corn ban (laughs) uh, in Mexico. Like we had, I know we're going there, right? No, no, you were going there. I'm glad um, you, you I teed it up for you. So uh, Secretary Vilsack has made some, I would say, encouraging comments about their concerns about Mexico's proposed ban on GM corn. And we're Um, all ears for what he has to say. Yeah, we're all ears. We want to hear more. We want (laughs) to see USDA and USTR, quite frankly, do more. Um, I I would say there has been uh, a lot of noticed silence from the administration on trade priorities over the last two years. I want a little less stock and a lot more action. Oh, gosh. Oh, man, this is is bad. We shouldn't have recorded this so late in the day. But 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 really, I mean, that's just one example. We also continue to see Canada not live up to the agreement's expectations on on dairy policy, right? And we want to see official afford- enforcement of those standards put forward because um, that's really why we passed USMCA, right? I mean, there were specific provisions within USMCA's, particularly on the biotech side, to set up a framework to handle these disputes and. So far, like this seems like a prime example, a prime time to use it, and it's not being done. You, yes, Spencer, you, you're right. I was trying to think of another. <laughs> I'm just going to have let anything it, to add to that. I know, you know, I'm <laughs> okay. just going to let it go. You know, I think we've covered a lot of ground. I think this mm-hmm. is a great primer, truly, for what's happening at the federal level in terms of the Farm Bureau agenda. You know, just, folks just know that issues are going to arise. You know, there are issues that are obviously that Congress is dealing with, mm-hmm. from debt ceiling to oh, man. you name it, right? We could do a whole other podcast just on that. We we could, yes. <laughs> how <laughs> much how much energy do you have? How many five-hour energies uh, we, do you need we, to talk I mean, to the debt ceiling? I, I really don't want to give people a snooze fest, though. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. But bottom line. This podcast, you know, this edition truly is a reminder that we have a robust process that ultimately yields policy, not just at the state level, but at the, at the federal level. And, and Missouri, Missouri's members, because mm-hmm. of the work that you've done at the county level, you all have played a role in influencing mm-hmm. policy at the highest level and helping set the agenda for what we're going to do in Washington, D.C. this coming year. So for those members that are listening that will be going to Washington, D.C. with us in March. Uh, we're so excited, by good, the way. This is a good primer for that. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd say a lot more to come uh, for those who are going to be on the D.C. trip. But 
I, I feel like we would be remiss if before we go, we didn't talk about how excited we are to be back in D.C. for the first time it is as a group since 2019. I know you had the opportunity to attend the trip multiple times in your previous role and now in your current role. Um, the D.C. trip is one of the favorite things I get to do as well. But tell us all about the exciting things we're going to get to do while we're in Washington. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, you know, so I... I helped lead, uh, I believe, 15 trips. I think that's right. Uh, yeah. During the day, and, and everyone is special. Um, when I think back about just the cool people that our members get to interact with, so you know, as I set the stage, I I, I just want folks to know that our trips are a combination of true education mm-hmm. about the history of, of our nation's capital, yep. uh, along with the actual put into process the knowledge mm-hmm. uh, that our members have accumulated. So that's actual lobbying, yep. talking to regulatory officials as well as our elected officials mm-hmm. and letting them hear from you about how these impact issues impact you, your farm, your communities. So it's an opportunity for real people to tell, tell their real stories in the nation's capital. We're going to have a lot of fun. We'll have yep. some laughs. There'll be our serious moments as mm-hmm. we're pressing hard on the issues of importance to our organization. But at the end of the day, I guarantee those who participate are going to return uh, at the end of the week feeling fulfilled as well as tired uh, yeah. from having um, done a lot of work Absolutely. in Washington. It, it's a it's an experience that I think if you haven't had the opportunity as a member to participate in the trip. So if you're serving as a county president, you do have the opportunity to attend the trip on a cost share basis. Um, but if you're also interested in serving in a larger role with Farm Bureau, if you're interested in being on our resolutions committee, if you're interested in serving on our P&E committee or our Young Farmer Committee, you know, those are all avenues that help feed into this policy development process. And, and if you have questions about that, we're glad glad to answer those. Our Young Farmer Conference is coming up. If you're new to Farm Bureau, we'd encourage you to attend that. We'd encourage you to ask questions about our policy development process and getting more involved. Farm Bureau is strengthened so, so much by our membership, and it's really you all who drive these policy discussions, and and we want you to continue to be involved and, and feel as if you are uh, really, really, truly leading that process because that's what those of us who work in the home office and who serve within the state board of directors uh, strive to represent every day. Yep. It truly is a privilege to be able to serve. And I'm reminded of that every day. I think about that, whether I'm here in the office, whether I'm at home doing chores, walking the halls of the Capitol, meeting with state lawmakers, mm-hmm. or carrying your message to Washington, D.C. Yep. We'll have the chance soon to talk about how Missouri Farm Bureau is going to be a voice for all the state farm bureaus on WOTUS uh, at an upcoming congressional hearing. So we'll be able to cover that. A little uh, teaser there. More to come. Just a little <laughs> teaser. Uh, but truly, thank you for tuning in. This is just one more way that we can tell your story and the story of the Missouri Farm Bureau. So this has been another edition of Digging In. Uh, Thank you, Spencer, for joining me. Absolutely. Thank you. If at any time, folks, uh, check us out online or give us a call here at the office if you have any questions. Until next time, take care.